Hello and thanks for downloading the podcast again. Maybe you're coming back, maybe this is the first time you've heard it, uh, but very big thank you for downloading the content. This week we really get into it, really get into some of the nuances and things we notice about living in Germany and uh, I will say there's a little bit of explicit language in this one. So if you're used to hearing me on the radio where it's nice and clean, uh, this is not so clean. Just to prove that, fuck shit piss. Let's get into it. Welcome along to episode two of the Paul the Brit podcast, Expat Chit Chat. Joining us again is David Juarez. Morning, David. Hello, David. Good morning. Say hello instead of good morning because I timestamped it accidentally. Oh, <laughs> uh, hello. Say that again because your mic's crap. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we have to, we've got OGM, uh, the writer behind Oh God, My Wife is German.com. Hello. Hi. And we have James Johnson, the writer behind Deutrify.com. Hey. So last week we were talking a little bit about just ourselves, who we were, how we ended up here and what's going on. But this week we're going to get down into the nitty gritty. We all love living in Germany, but we're also going to take a look at some of the things that we've noticed. Some of the things that makes Germany just a little bit different to the UK or the USA where we're from. So I want to start with... When you first arrived, what kind of surprised you at first about Germany? For me, it was paying for ketchup at McDonald's. <laughs> that was out of. That was like I'm like, oh my god, these people are out of control. Um, yeah, and um, I had to ask, so I had to pay for my ketchup and I had to pay for my mayo as well. Um, for my burger it doesn't come with but for americans as well in europe like it's not just germany but things like free refills on drinks and things we don't have that yeah we don't have that at all for health reasons i i would say that you know but that you know portion control and i think it's great because you really don't need you know a, a 45 ounce drink <laughs> like us americans love so i thought that was cool but the fact that I had to pay for my ketchup... That's the first thing that surprised you. Okay. Uh, OGM, what surprised you? You know, I, maybe it's just being American and feeling self-important and baselessly confident. But I, I thought that when I got here, I would, like, be special or something. <laughs> like, stand out from the crowd just by nature of my appearance or whatever. The fact that I couldn't speak very, very proficient um, German. But it that was not the case. People really did not give a shit that I was American. Even when I came up in conversation... You know, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's that's great, you know, or whatever. I just, I kind of blended right in and uh, was not the instant celebrity I thought I would be. But that's okay. I find that funny because I've certainly had that, being British. Um, there's not a lot of Brits here in Germany, in my area. There is a lot from um, from up north where the army are. So I, f I found that a lot of people said, it's lovely to hear British English. <laughs> oh, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Because cause it is because it's it's English. We, it's just English for us. It's not British English. It's English. You barely speak British English. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, British English and uh, American English, you know, they're, they're fed up with um, the English language being butchered in uh, media and entertainment. And uh, so for them to hear British English is a rare treat for them. You know, that's, what's weird about that is I, uh, when I speak German, and I, I'm doing air quotes right now, uh, but like everyone, the, the the Germans I talk to assume I'm from England or somewhere in the UK. They can tell I'm not a German mother speak, uh, a native speaker. 
but they can also hear somehow that I'm a, actually a um, mother speaker of English, but they assume England, I guess, because it's closer. And like, who the hell would be out in Hanover all the way from America, I guess. But yeah, yeah, because down here, so so the 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 occupation zones after the the Second World War, um, the British were in the the northwest, the Americans were kind of in the south. So you've got a lot more Americans down here and a lot more British up there. So yeah, that that doesn't. Um, surprised me i think one of the first things that surprised me about germany the most was just the sheer amount of people that speak english mm -hmm. and how well they speak it just yeah. to a level that they're quoting shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that oh, <laughs> yeah but you'll always say to them oh do you speak english and they'll say a little bit yeah. and then just dazzle you with the quality of their english and you're just like oh i, I feel so inferior oh yeah my wife... That's because you're southern, though, Bob. <laughs> you guys should clarify that. I had no idea there was some northern-southern England, like, uh, playful uh, enemy thing. Well, anywhere, oh, anywhere yeah. south of Manchester is basically France. <laughs> <laughs> That's, London is North Paris. That is literally all you need to know about English geography. Uh, spoken like a true northerner there. But what did you notice when you first arrived, James? For me, I don't know, this This will be a weirdly specific thing, but it was, I don't know if you have it in your city, but the Faradweg, the psychopath, and how passive-aggressive people are. Okay. It was that, like, you'll step off a bus and some guy with hipstered flare jeans and tassels on his things will go, hey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> As he tries cycling past you. And I'm, yeah. I didn't realise it was going to be like a 60-mile-an-hour cycle lane <laughs> as I stepped off the bus with me shopping. Yeah, and it's not obvious. It's like a subtle difference in hue and brick color, at least in Hanover. Like Yo, it's the... exactly the same here. You don't realize it's there. You just go, oh, they've cleaned that bit of the pavement. Yeah. <laughs> when my parents came and visited me, I was like, look out for bikes. This is the bike lane. I know it's hard to see, but this is where the bikes are. Stay over here. You know? Yeah. Which is really nice to see that, you know, Germans are so confident that they'll just, you know, ride with the cars. You know, you wouldn't see that. You know, especially in New York or in any New Jersey suburb, it's just way too aggressive. <laughs> you know, pe people are a lot more scared over there. So I thought it was actually really nice. We prioritize bike riders. I don't have a car here. Everything, everywhere I go is on my bike. That is literally, I just think it's, it's such a nice way of doing it, but it is still strange to get used to. And talking yeah. of things to getting used to, like some of the quirks when you first arrived that were the most alien, like for me... And this is this isn't new to anybody, but the traffic light thing was completely alien to me. <laughs> the stopping on the red light when there's no cars coming for a hundred meters either direction, and nobody's using their own you know sense of survival to cross the road. They're all like, "Oh, we're going to wait for the the light to turn green." But if you dare like cross, then all the old ladies like tut at you and stuff and get annoyed. So my my girlfriend's father was was on holiday in France. And it was late at night and he was walking through Paris. There was no cars around, no one else around at all. But he gets to the side of this road and he stands there and he waits and he's looking around. And this other bloke comes up and stands next to him. And they both stood there at this red light for a couple of minutes. And the other guy turns to him and goes, oh, you're from Germany too. Yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other countryman would have just walked across the road. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, that, was my, that was my biggest quirk. I've got a few more, but... Um, What's some of the quirks that you guys noticed that were the most alien? The big pillows that they sleep on. I can't deal with them. Oh, man. The huge marshmallow things that have got no, just regrets and duck feathers <laughs> is all that they're stuck with. <laughs> because you have to fold it up into some weird origami ball and then shove your head on it. Then you wake up at two in the morning because it's exploded and disappeared again and your feet are above your head. Yeah. And then I, just, I, I, I don't know how. That's why they're always 
direct and angry because they have to they don't get a good night's sleep ever i've been complaining for four years about these like i my neck hurts i can't turn my head to the right without pain without wincing and i can't find the right solution i guess i could shut up and buy a proper pillow my mom sent me a care package with four pillows in it as soon as i moved here and she saw the pillows <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, you know, I called my mom and I said, could you send me a couple of Martha Stewart extra firm? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, yeah, of course, you know, get this big box with two massive pillows. And um, so that was exciting. You get the same thing, though, in hotels where when you turn up in the hotel and there's two single beds instead of a double bed. Is that alien to you guys? You've not you've been to a hotel and there's two single beds pushed up next to each other instead of a double bed. I've seen that all over the world, though. Really? I've seen that, and I've also seen beds that, that, that the frame is one bed, but there's two separate mattresses with two separate sheets. Yeah. 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 The, the two separate sheet yeah. things is weird. Where like you're kind of in the same bed, but like no, this is where I'm sleeping. This is where you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I get the logic. I really do because you know, an, an American double bed has the box springs are separate. So it looks like two twin mattresses. Mm -hmm. And then you have the, the main mattress on top. And that would be a hotel room bed. But here, you just have the separation. And it kind of makes sense because if I'm turn tossing and turning a lot, which I do, <laughs> you know, my partner, you know, isn't really annoyed by how much bouncing around I'm doing in the middle of the night. <laughs> my girlfriend has a similar complaint, though, because I'm six foot five and 115 kilos. So if I move, she just, like, jumps out of the bed. I just make her sleep in the front room. It's fine. I think one of the other quirks that bothered me a lot was um, not having credit cards accepted everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's not just the fact in Germany it's, it's rare that they accept credit cards. And I know there's very good reasons for that, which we're not going to go into because this is a superficial podcast. This is not, uh, you know, we're not talking about the economics and politics of Germany here. Um, but uh, it's also the fact that it's so hard to find cash to take cash out as well that's where i discovered deutsche bank they took pretty much any bank from the states especially bank of america they have some kind of relationship at least i could get cash but you're right it's very precious i'm like yeah hold on to my cash like i never did in the states i never carried cash in the states yeah no neither i even for like if i bought a bottle of pepsi for 75 <laughs> pence i would still pay for it on my card yeah you can't do that here. So that's a couple of quirks I've noticed. I've got a few more. Have you guys got any quirks? Yeah, I do. I, I noticed I, um, I would do the grocery shopping because I'm self-employed. I work from home while my wife goes. And so I handle all the household stuff and I'd go grocery shopping. And the first day I, I, I went, I was in a netto, a netto, however you say it. And uh, in just standing in the grocery line, just how close the son of a bitch behind me was standing to me. He's a condom. Yeah. <laughs> he was sort of nudging me, getting closer and closer and closer, as if he wanted me to, to kind of bulldoze me slowly and gently out of the way. I mean, there was this impatience there. And if somebody, like a little old lady, busted out her coin purse ahead of the line, I ever, there was this big sigh, oh, God. You know, like, <laughs> where, do you, where do you have to go in the next five minutes? This makes no difference. It's the simple principle that there's something between them, between point A and point B, you know. And so I felt very rushed trying to gather my groceries really fast, practically having a panic, panic attack, getting them into my backpack. And she, sorry, sorry, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but 
apparently it's too slow. Could you could you back off a little, asshole? You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what, though? I love that. I've, I've gotten used to that now, and now it's like a sport. You know, I, I spend the whole time, when I've got my groceries on the conveyor belt, I spend the, the rest of the time limbering, doing some stretches, <laughs> waiting to see if I can beat the checkout guy, you know, because he's just going to be going beep, 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 beep yeah. with the goods through, and I'm putting it in, like, separate bags, dividing by, you know, refrigerated goods, frozen goods, soft fruits, you know, like, come on, asshole, give me these groceries. <laughs> I got you beat. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You, you and what I do is I actually organize on the conveyor belt, like on the belt, you know, what's going to get crushed first. So usually eggs is at the end, you know, canned and jarred goods are in the front. So because I know that I have 15 seconds to, you know, pack my bag with 200 euros worth of groceries, you know, I'm a dead man. <laughs> I'm a dead man. So... Yeah. <laughs> I have to say on that last point, though, it's not personal. It took me about two, three months to realize, not, not, not that long, a couple of weeks to realize that that impatience or that kind of invasion of personal space in a queue is not personal. It's not aggressive in any way. It's just the way it's done. And I kind of had to let that go. I was ready to fight a couple of times when people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dude, if you get even one sec step closer, I'm turning around looking at you at least threateningly looking yeah, at you. Yeah, yeah. You know? Going to give you the eye. But yeah, I get that. And in England, your body space is basically if you stretch your arms out in front of you and do a full circle around you, that is your personal space. And in England, that will generally be respected. Here in Germany, it's like how far your penis stretches out from your body in a circle around you is your personal space. So literally a full inch between yeah. me and the other guy. Hard. After grocery shopping, you know, I turned to my boyfriend at the time and I said, she fucking hates me. We're never coming back here again. If she was over there, she would have been fired. You know, I would have I would have filled out my customer service complaint form at the ShopRite, you know, or at the Target or wherever I was. And, um, you know, I'm traumatized. I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. No, but that's the thing. Customer service here is is it's completely different. It's like they're doing you a favor. Many times from my uh, German friends and family members that have come to the States, they're just like, my God, is everyone nice? And it's really they're, what they're talking about is customer service and uh, the kind of very superficial warmth that you're going to see from Americans. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think Germany is slowly catching on that that's actually useful and could help speed things up that you're not a dick to people yeah. on this. It's funny that you said that because I was saying, you know, I was also surprised as an American, you kind of have like an idea of what a German person is supposed to be like. I was really surprised that everyone was so nice. They are. You know, it's not, it's not a quirk. It's not a quirk, but genuinely nice. So if you ask a German how they are, they're really going to tell yeah. you. You know, and I yeah. think that's that's a really genuine, beautiful thing. Yeah, I think I think that radical honesty is another one of the quirks as well. That there is no small talk like in England. I've got friends I've had for ten years. And I don't really know anything about them because <laughs> you just talk about all the superficial things, or you go through the small talk. Whereas in Germany, it's all about getting to that next level. And sometimes it can cut you deep when you find out you look like a fat Ben Affleck in your new T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but, but other than that, it's quite good because you always know where you stand. And if someone turns around and says, oh, your German's very good, you realise it's good because they will also tell you, wow, that sentence was awful. Yeah, I've got I've got a, um, a story about that. So I, I sing in a band here um, and it's something that I can never build up the nerve to do in England. And like being here in Germany has been like slightly more freeing for me to like be who I 
could have been, you know, because I feel like I'm judged less. So um, I got my band together and we did our first ever gig, the first time I've ever sang on stage in my life. I was so nervous and I was shaking so much that when I started singing, I was sure that the words were going to come out like, because I was so nervous, right? So my German friend, the only German friend I've got, he came with me to the show and he watched me. And uh, I was talking to him about it the other month and I said, oh, we might be playing the same festival again um, this year. I said, but I don't really know because, you know, I'm not sure how good it was. And he said to me without missing a beat, yeah, I'm not really sure you know how bad you sound. I just like cried a little and then I asked him about it a week later. I said, was that German frankness or were you joking? And he's like, well, you know, it's like a little for both. I was like, oh my God, you wouldn't get that level of honesty from anyone else. No, in England, they'd have bought 10 CDs and just stayed quiet. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I want that level of dishonesty about my singing performance. So a couple of the other quirks I noticed um, that were uh, alien was like the um, there's no kitchens when you move into a park. Yeah. Oh my god, that, that one blows my mind. There's nothing, nothing. I, they get the whole place. You don't you don't get the light fixtures either though. Like you walk in, there's no light bulbs. I'm like, I at least want to be able to turn a light on and make a cup of tea. Like that, that's like minimum for moving in, surely. Yeah, but the 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 no kitchen. Like my wife's like, oh yeah, and of course we've got to find like three thousand euros for a kitchen. I'm like, what? It's like yeah, when you move into a place, they they take the kitchen. With yeah. you. Kitchens aren't a disposable thing. What are you talking about? The whole Einbaukuchen thing. I I have to say like I don't I hate to pass judgment, but I think that is just stupid. Yeah. Everybody needs to just stop doing it. I think it starts at like the university level when they're moving around. And, you know, they bring their kitchen. That's what my wife did from place to place to place. If everyone just stopped doing it, this generation, it would be fine. And everyone would know the joys of moving into a place and being able to cook (laughs) on date. (laughs) The fast food industry (laughs) collapsing. When I first arrived here, not everything was different, but some things were different. And they were brilliant and amazing, and we'll get to that in a bit. But some things were a bit frustrating. I, I definitely found the banking system to be frustrating because I think it's it's archaic. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they, they think the American system is archaic with writing checks. And we don't really write checks anymore, so I don't know the last time. Well, my, my aunt does, so that's... <laughs> Thank you so much. I have to go deposit this now manually. <laughs> I, I ran into that, too, with these time generators. You have to literally scan your screen for this flashing barcode. Yeah. and it's, it's called an Uberweisung when you transfer money, and it is just a serious pain in the ass. Yeah, and the other thing I found frustrating was uh, nearly being killed every time I got on the autobahn. That's, that's yeah, just how Southerners um, drive, though, isn't it? I had a great, I'm still kind of nervous about it, to be honest. You know, and my, my husband is a really great driver. Um, and you don't hear about that many accidents on the autobahn, but you know that when you do hear of an accident, it's bad. Yeah, you it's know, someone going 230 kilometers an hour or something crazy. I agree. And I think the sooner you come to terms with the fact that when on the autobahn, at least once, somebody will try to kill you. <laughs> as soon as you come to terms with that, then it's fine. Once you accept that and move on, you're like, oh, there it was. The guy nearly killed me. That's fine. We've got that down for the journey now. We won't worry. Yeah, about we're it. trying to find a KFC and I could die today. <laughs> exactly. Um, anything else that frustrated you at first? Trying to um, speak the language when I wasn't quite good enough or capable, but felt felt necess- that I should. You know, I'm here, gonna stay here. Uh, I just felt like that. I, I was very hesitant to switch into English, so when I would, I would try and do my best with German and 
that led to all kinds of shenanigans. And, you know, most most of the people I would speak with were very, like, accommodating, and they made all kinds of allowances, and they met me halfway when I was making tons of mistakes. I had one run-in with a, a dental assistant. It was just horrible. I wrote about it and wound up like getting dental molds made when all I wanted was to have my teeth cleaned and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> the obvious, like, you know, language barrier. And you can read about that whole story on, oh my God, mywifeisgerman.com, I think. Yeah. Sticking with the language, though, like people reverting back to English is the most, like I, I have C1 level German now, so I can speak German to a pretty decent standard. But people will still just like, you'll start a conversation in German and they'll turn around and speak to you in broken English or in English that isn't as good as your German. You go, why? This conversation would definitely be easier in German. We're in Germany. I live here. What, what are you doing? Yeah, I definitely don't have that frustration. I, I think I'm A1.2 or A2 now. <laughs> I've been here three years. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there's, there's definitely no shame. I mean, I, you know, a lot of the work that I've done and um, a lot of the contacts that I've made have been primarily uh, English speaking. So I haven't really had a lot of practice. But when I first came here, I would really try to speak German and then immediately you'd get, oh, it's okay. You can speak English. That kind of cut off my attempts. Yeah. You bastard. Yeah, they, they do do that. Oh, we can speak English, you know. Yeah, I know we can because you're German and you speak English. It's your second language. My- my wife speaks perfect English, and so that keeps me perpetually out of practice, you know? My wife, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... I, my husband, too, yeah. I just say, Wiebeter, until my girlfriend speaks to me in German, and then I just keep doing that until she either leaves me or we start speaking in German. Oh, fair enough. So you really enforce that at home? You try and speak? Yeah, like, I, when, when I first moved here, I did a full month without speaking English. So I literally got set up, said goodbye to everyone that helped me move. And then for a whole month, I was not allowed to speak English at all. So my missus got into the habit of speaking English, uh, uh, German with me. All of her friends started speaking German with me. When I went to rugby, they had no choice but to speak German to me, even if it was broken, weird stuff. And it kind of just got me to a level of the language that then I could use it comfortably. But for me, it was a really important thing to learn the language. So you can check out your version and your battle with the language as well at uh, deutschified.com. What did you love right away about uh, about Germany? And I've got the greatest one. It's the festivals. Yeah. There is always something going on in Germany, and I love that. Yeah, they, they've got like something at regular intervals, especially in the winter. I think to to keep the suicide rates low. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a grey country in the winter. A Christmas market is something to to really write home about. I think, and my mom is actually coming for her first Christmas in Germany. So we're really excited about that. Um, And I think in New York, now in Brooklyn and in New Jersey, they're really picking up on this Christmas market. And even though the products aren't German, they do the same in England now. They're calling it a German Christmas market because they have a pretzel. We we do exactly the same in Manchester. Yeah, it's the German markets, even though there's about four Germans there. uh, What I first noticed was, you know, I I may or may not drink too much beer. I don't know. But (laughs) I I, uh, noticed that you could drink in public just like in Vegas, the only place I could do ever experience that was in Vegas, walking down the street with a drink in my hand. And um, you can drink in cars as long as you're not the driver. You can be a passenger. I, I, yeah. I need to check that one, actually. <laughs> sure. No, no, you can. You can. Okay. And and then, of course, the Moss Hellas beers, the gigantic liter beers, <laughs> uh, the super indulgent fatty heart attack food. I just was like, I was in hog heaven, and I think I put on like 15 pounds in the first month I was here. They seem to trust 
their citizens with their alcohol. You know, there are, there are exceptions. They stop here in Hanover. They stop allowing beer on the local regional trains. But uh, yeah, just, just a more mature attitude toward drinking. And if you if you are walking around with a beer in your hand and it's like 11 a.m., you're either homeless or a student. And uh, it's not really. It's kind of frowned upon, just socially discouraged. So it doesn't really get out of control. You know, I I don't know. I thought that was cool. The one thing I'm really pleased about is that I don't get hangovers anymore. I can go out and drink all night, all day and all night, and I wake up the next morning and I am absolutely fine. I can go and do it all again, which back in England, I just can't do. I have like three beers and I need to lie down for a week. Yeah, the beer in England and also the wine in England is rubbish compared to what they have here in Germany. The beer is fantastic and I live in the, the Rhine region, so all of the wine that's stocked in the shops around here is grown within like 10 kilometers of Wiesbaden and grown and made like 10 kilometers down the road and then brought to the shops here and then it's like 2.99 a bottle like three euros for a bottle of wine that has been produced less than a mile from where you live it's amazing james how do you not how old are you that you don't I'm have tw- I'm, I'm 25 that's one okay. reason <laughs> hangovers yeah i'm 38 and the hangovers are getting worse and worse and worse regardless of <laughs> me too but I, I went through a phase <laughs> of just being like hungover all the time, no matter what. And then it's just, I don't know what it is about being here. It's just made it, but maybe it's just that uh, maybe I've just got my second wind. Yeah. And you're a rugby player. You guys are hardcore. I've got other rugby player uh, buddies. You guys can drink, man. Oh, but mate, we, 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 we played away up in uh, Darmstadt the other day. It's the first time I've done an away game with the rugby lads. And you all get on the coach back, and it was crazier than it is in England. They've just got, like, five big cases of beer. Everyone's singing. And we're all naked at one point, dancing around and moving around the bus. It was, just, it was just, it was like a rugby tour in England, but, like, next level. Like, when Americans try and adopt stuff like soccer, it's like... It's almost similar, but it's a bit worse. Whereas in Germany, they just went, no, nah, there's drinking and there's hitting people involved. We can make this well better. <laughs> yeah. And the, the German attitude to beer is exactly that. I've never been to a football match where a crate of beer hasn't been then delivered into the, the changing room as soon as the final whistle's gone. And also, yeah. the, God bless Germany for the invention of isotonic beer. Yes, what an incredible thing. Only in Germany, isotonic beer. What is that? So when you have like a, a Lucasade or something, it's like isotonic. That's meant to replenish the um, isotopes or whatever in your your body that you've used when you're working out. Well, Germany they didn't say they decided they didn't want a separate bottle of Lucasade and a beer, so they just made an isotonic beer. A guy at rugby the other day poured a beer into his protein shake, shook it together, and drank it. <laughs> and it was the most German hardcore thing I have ever seen in my life. Oh, that was brilliant. So I guess we all we all agree that we love beer about Germany. Does David? Do you like beer? Um, I I can drink it, but I'm not I'm not a in sensationalist no. about uh, <laughs> no no i don't really drink beer kind of no. quiet during that i was like eh, I don't know into the beer sorry thing. yeah no i'm 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 good i do agree with paul about the wine i think wine here is excellent and also schnapps so that's what we've loved what did we hate right away and i'm going to jump in with the first example why the fuck does the post office and banks close at lunchtime? <laughs> <laughs> when do you want to go and pick up a parcel? I would like to do it at lunchtime, on my lunch break, but I can't. Are you kidding me? I, I noticed that in Mexico, as a, in the siesta cultures, you know, I, did, I didn't expect that here. But yeah, that is a real, real inconvenience. Yeah, my doctor, um, who's close to where I live, um, he's got a mittag pausa, or a, yeah, a lunch break from 
one to no from two to six that's a lunch break that's a day yeah off. yeah then it, it's <laughs> yeah and or, or it's from two to five and then from five to eight or five to seven they're open again but they're open from eight to like two and then they break two to five and then five to eight what else did we um hate when we first came here i hate uh, flying in general and being you know from the states i've got to fly back and forth all you know six couple times a year and so uh, god just the fear of flying having to deal with that all of a sudden you know that has nothing to do with germany maybe i should <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll let germany especially off the on german one, wings yeah. i can't stand yeah. it on german wings yeah. oh. <laughs> it's, it's an expat problem i should have said yeah yeah, yeah. Well, what, what about like crapping on a shelf oh, yeah. when you go to the toilet in uh, like older restaurants and stuff i saw that i saw that blog post yeah that's funny that's on my on my blog paulthebrit.com yeah. could you explain this one to me i don't know what shitting on a shelf is it's that the toilet bowl kind of has a like a Oh, where you see it, like, so you can check it for blood, and then you push it down. Yeah, not with your hand. <laughs> exactly, right. So you, you, you have to take your hand and push it down and take whatever, whatever whatever tool you have and just kind of push oh, it down to the little we, hole. We've got that, but my water bottle must be dead-eye because I just hold the button <laughs> until that shit disappears. The water will push the poo off. But... You're shitting all that beer, so it's just liquid you're flushing, you know, but some of it is solid. <laughs> yeah, is it? Yeah. <laughs> The idea is that they're low-flow toilets, right? They save water or something, but they're yeah. horrifically smelly because it's just sitting on a shelf and then slides down. Isn't that the point, is to conserve water? Yeah, but in the in the UK and in America, you poop into the water because then you don't have to smell yes. your own shit, whereas in Germany, you shit on a shelf and then just sit there fucking fermenting in your own smell of shit until you finish. I, I think we maybe need to be clear that this shelf is in the toilet and it's not like in the kitchen. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you said it, I was like, where are you squatting to have a shit, mate? You're doing this well wrong. <laughs> <laughs> On the cistern. <laughs> Just leave it there for a day, let it ferment, and then take it down. If you were American, you would know about the first deuce courtesy, which you, you know, your first drop, you flush the toilet. The first deuce flush, I love it. That's, that's like a first band one. name. Let's <laughs> go the podcast, the first deuce flush. Flush the first one, you know, the whole room won't stink up and you can go on about your business and not kill people. Noise restrictions in like living areas and stuff. Like I've I've been in the shower at like nine o'clock and I I'd like to say I'm a good singer, but I assume I'm like a dying Phil Collins. But like I'll have a little sing in the shower or whatever. And once I walked out and the neighbours had knocked on the door to complain. You're joking, that happened to me. It's <laughs> awful. Well, we've heard about your singing, but mine's good. <laughs> and we've got <laughs> I'm joking. But no, Go seriously, on. I was singing in the shower, seven o'clock at night. It's not like the middle of the night. And then I came out. Um, no, my wife opened the bathroom door and she's going, shush, shush, shush. I'm like, what? She said, the neighbours are banging on the door. Crazy. I'm like, what? And the neighbour complained and said, oh, don't you think it's a bit loud? Da, 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 da. I was like, no. I had a go at my wife. I said, you should have stuck up for me. You should have said, what are you talking about? You're singing in the shower. <laughs> it's seven o'clock in, in the evening. Who cares? But no, I, they told me to stop and I've, I've, I don't sing in the shower anymore. I've seen it for hoovering on Sunday afternoons. I've seen it for all things that are kind of relatively... Not noisy, but a little bit noisy. And people go, oh, no, it's a Sunday. You can't do anything. I'm not yeah. religious. I don't care. <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough one to get over. Sundays, everything closed. You know, yeah. um, the Rava closed around 8 o'clock, um, 6 o'clock even. Um, and for someone like me who's always been, you know, working 24-7, I, I would do my grocery shopping at midnight or 1 in the morning if, you know, if I got to a 24-hour spot. Um, so here was kind of a shocking 
uh, I noticed it would be May Day in the States, but here it's like more for uh, whatever. We have workers' rights and some historical, like, scare away the evil demons type stuff from the Middle Ages. But anyway, all the shops were closed on Monday, so it was a three-day weekend. And my wife and I went to a Lidl, which is not my favorite shop. The shelves were just cleared out as if everyone were, were preparing for the zombie apocalypse. You know what I mean? <laughs> One extra day, because this is closed Sunday, closed Monday for the holiday, so you better get your shit together. I mean, they weren't screwing around. And then the other thing is, like, if you've got a headache on a Sunday, then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the apothecas are... And you can only get... That's another thing that I had to get used to, is, like, you can go to a petrol station, a corner shop, and you can buy aspirin and ibuprofen and, um, you know, light flu symptom things and sleeping tablets. But here, it's only at the apotheca. And because everything in Germany is closed on a Sunday... Uh, then you can't buy headache tablets. Yeah, and when you do, if you do have a sniffy nose and they are open, they're going to ask you the uh, quality, quantity of your phlegm and how to properly... Uh, <laughs> you mean your it. slime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, and, then, and then say, drink tea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tea is the German answer to everything. Yeah, and then go dip your testicles in chamomile tea. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you do that too? I thought about it. My mind. <laughs> I don't know what part in Germany. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I think I should explain that. I went to a urologist, but nothing scary, but the guy seriously recommended I take like 10 bags of chamomile tea, let it cool off, of course, and then dip your junk in there because it's supposed to be antiseptic. I don't know, but there's like a, a tea answer for everything. Broken leg, throw some tea at it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, no, you're definitely right, but I'm not sure about the dip in my balls in chamomile tea, I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do it when he's boiling. Yeah, he just wanted to see if you'd do it. Right. So he'd come back and go, oh, this, uh, this stupid yank, he's gone and dipped his balls <laughs> in chamomile. He's got to record it and put it on YouTube <laughs> and then send it me. Yeah. So I think what we will move to now um, is a little bit about why we want to talk or write about um, our experiences uh, or why we're vocal about them in our support because uh, essentially we've spent the last 39 minutes shit talk in Germany, but we actually genuinely all of us love germany and it's 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 a, i don't want to go back to the uk i want to stay here i i really enjoy um living here and what made me want to write and, and talk about my experiences is because i do think germany gets quite a bad rap uh particularly in in england um and i wanted to connect people together and connect like um expats to 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 german nationals um but also to kind of shine a light for the rest of the world on what a wonderful place Germany is. That's quite noble of you. I, I felt I, I just needed to write humor and I needed a a, um, a source, a consistent source of material, you know, something to, especially to be at odds with or in conflict with because it, that tends to lend itself toward my style of humor anyway. And so moving to a new country, running into culture shock and all these things, being married to a German woman, uh, all gave me this limitless and instant uh, wealth of material material to use uh, as a humor blog and my goal wasn't so much to help Germany as to just make people laugh especially Monday mornings that's when I when I published because Monday morning sucks if you if you work if, unless you're your own boss absolutely and you succeeded in making people laugh I love your blog mate I can't get enough of it all right thanks man that's nice Oh God, my wife is German.com uh, for OGM's blog. Uh, Deutschfight.com for James's blog. David, you you don't have a blog, but uh, you do 
like to talk about Germany? I do. You know, and for me, maybe it's a little more spiritual. Um, first of all, I'm an actor, performer, so I need to hear myself talk. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm very opinionated about that. But yeah, you know, living here for a long time, I've learned a lot. And, you know, especially as an American, I just really think that for my friends over there, they really have no idea how living in Germany has been for the better. You know, mm-hmm. quality of life, organic eating. I mean, we eat organic all year mm-hmm. round, you know, season by season. That's one yeah. thing. But yeah, I think for, for me also to just kind of um, finally feel settled also. Do make sure that you subscribe and download. Next week, we're going to be talking about advice for expats, uh, what we would tell people to look out for, what they should or shouldn't do, um, and uh, basically just give you some advice on our experiences in Germany. Guys, thanks very much for your input, and uh, we will catch you next week. Say bye. Adios. Adios.